We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Still a long way to go this fantasy baseball season, and we have you covered on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Clay Link of Rotowire.com here with FSWA Hall of Famer. Todd Zola, always good to be on with you, Todd. I hope your week is going a little bit better than Jared Kelnick's week. Uh, feel for the guy, but, I mean, it is a boneheaded move. Um, but seeing his emotional reaction and apology for it was kind of tugged at the heartstrings. Uh, we see this every year, though. I guess the frustration just hard to keep uh, bottled up sometimes. I feel bad for the water cooler. I mean, seriously, I mean, I, I saw the clip and yeah, he was contrite, but I mean, you don't go, you don't go kick. I, I, I told this story tomorrow. Well, I told it yesterday, a few hours ago, but for tomorrow. All right. When I was in college, I once punched a window because um, I was drunk and somebody <laughs> told me no. And, um, mm-hmm. and I was kind of mad and punched him. All right. I was really drunk and hopefully Kellogg was sober. And, uh, you know, so we all do dumb things when we're young. And, and so I can't get too mad. Uh, but, you know, I I don't know. I feel bad for the water cooler. I felt worse for the window. You know, I never did that. But I remember uh, somebody in my life who shall remain nameless punching a <laughs> not a window, but like a uh, what do they call that? Like just a soft like piece of panel drywall, I guess. She was so out of my league, it's not even worth discussing. But anyway. <laughs> well, yeah, we, we do all do stupid stuff when we're younger, but uh, some of those are more public than others. And in Kellnick's case, he's going to be out a while for, for the yeah. Mariners. And uh, after a hot start, that season went just downhill. So it did seem like <laughs> frustration <laughs> boiling over. I'm laughing because I'm just making up a movie scene where Billy Bean – is is asking for a water cooler in a trade because one of his players kicked his. Anyway, yeah, pay for soda and throw in a water cooler as well. <laughs> well anyway, Todd, uh, we're kind of in the dog days, at least in my opinion. The dog days usually for me are at least you know late July into August. Then I kind of get that second wind for September. Um. But, yeah, we're powering through. We got pickups to discuss, including Kevin Ginkle, who is the top pickup in the Rotowire Stake League. Uh, $11 ad. It seems like he's the new closer there in Arizona with Scott McGuff kind of pitching his way back out of the role again. Um, Ginkle got his first two saves of the season July 18th and 19th. So uh, we have a new closer in the pool, and he's really been pitching well this season. He has. You know, you'd like to say he's closing till he's not. But as you mentioned, he has been quietly pitching pretty well. So maybe he's the guy. On the other hand, if the if if Arizona wants to continue to be in a playoff in the playoff contention, don't you think they'll get somebody? Yeah, maybe. I yeah. could see I could see that. I mean it's been Wait, a revolving door all season. For but Ian Kennedy isn't coming through that door. <laughs> no. No. Uh, I, I, who knows? I mean 
they will they will be close available. Arizona is in contention. I think they have the starting pitching to stay there, and the offense obviously uh, is improved. So we'll see if the, the right now they're piecing together the bullpen. We'll see what happens. If you need, you know, right? But the, the, right now we are getting to the point where you have to micromanage categories. Mm-hmm. You know, eleven for Ginkle seems like a lot, but if you've got a lot of fab left and you need saves, why not? Yep, it, as you said, it could be kind of a short window for him if they do upgrade and and bring in an established closer. But hey, a window is a window, so you got to take advantage. <laughs> yeah, of it. You, don't, you're telling me. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, next up, Rotowire Stake League Fab. We had Curtis Mead to James, and uh, I thought that was interesting for six. And Curtis Mead digging into what he's been up to. He uh, missed he's some time good. with a wrist injury, but he returned. And he's been crushing it, hasn't yeah. he? Yeah. I mean, his numbers overall this season, AAA Durham, really impressive. 886 OPS, although just three homers and two steals. So he hasn't really provided a ton of category juice, but he's knocking the cover off the ball. Yeah. And the, the Tampa, that's kind of the MO of the race the move the line, maybe to get some more runs in RBI on that in that lineup. I don't think Meade is going to join the play every day group in tampa but what he's a he's a righty man that hurts him even more all right yeah I, i'm not as interested in Mead as i may have been before i remembered he was a right-handed hitter could be coming up before too long though and of course remember you know it's still a ways out but roster expansion in september only two additional roster spots but yeah that could help him yeah and tampa's got so many options uh brandon lau has not Played all that well since coming back. They just recently sent back down Jonathan Aranda. There's a lot of bodies that they can move through the Keystone. Chase Silseth of the Angels picked up for four. He returned with a 10K outing kind of out of nowhere. Now, he has been pitching really well in the minors, but struggling struggled prior to his last outing at the major league level. Uh, but 10Ks will... So we'll open some eyes in a league this deep, 16 teams. You kind of just got to jump at a guy like this right away. I have him in our staff keeper league. And nice. we're, we're battling it out. Yeah. I, I fallen, I've other. fallen the past couple of days or we, uh, few, past few days, falling out of the, falling from the top perch, but still within striking distance. He's on my minor league roster, which as you know, means I'd have to drop somebody in order mm-hmm. to activate him. So I will be taking a look. I think I just lost Matt. Well, not just, but I recently lost Matthew Boyd. So if I'm replacing what I was going to get out of Matthew Boyd, I mean, still says themes in that neighborhood. Yeah. I mean, assuming, you know, six starters for the Angels, he'd line up for uh, next Thursday against Detroit. Yeah. At Detroit. So that's uh, I'm only, yeah. about to potentially use him right away. Yeah. I'm only looking at one start a week, you know, mm-hmm. when I, when I, at these things, I only expect. One, you know, spoiler alert, <laughs> there's a lot of one starters this week because there's four games this coming Thursday. But anyway, uh, that's a story for another segment. I could use another, or I could use a lighter two star pitcher week this week. Feels like we've been grading, like, you know, they've been 90, two star pitchers. Yeah, 95 games last week. There have been a lot of games lately. Definitely. Uh, so Silseth was for four, and then, uh, Oswald Peraza for three. Josh Donaldson to the IL, and I, I saw Rob Silver and others suggesting maybe this is it for Donaldson, period. You know, he's on the 60-day IL now, and this could be the end of his career, given how much he struggled this he year. He doesn't go back to the A's for a swan song? I don't even know if they <laughs> they give him those at bat. I you just did. Yeah. Those are important at-bats for them to evaluate the talent, maybe long-term pieces. And Donaldson's uh, 37 was, now. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. Being a wise guy because, you know, whatever, Cabrera and Pujols is what – he's not quite in the same class, is he? Mm-hmm. Well, he did have that one great year with Oakland. Well, he, 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 he had didn't... a peak. He had a peak. He had yeah. a, but it wasn't a career. No. Yeah, I mean, we'll see if this is it. But in the meantime, Oswald Peraza – could get an opportunity. Uh, that Yankees team, I mean, that was this is the team that Silseth carved up. And yeah, I mean, this team is just 
brutal offensively right now. I mean, since Judge hit it went out, I mean, LeMahieu, Rizzo, Stanton, they've all just been abysmal at the plate. So uh, this is not a team. I think the Yankees are in last place, aren't they? Uh, Red Sox lost a couple, so it, it may be close again. But, yeah, for, for at least today, the uh, the Yankees were in last. Yeah, they're – Red Sox only a game up, but the Red the Yankees are in dead last place. And by the way, the Rays have fallen out of first place in that division. Yeah, they're in a well a game last night. The Baltimore ended up winning late, late well tenth inning. But yeah, Baltimore has flipped the Rays, and I, I did a couple of tweets about their respective Pythags and uh, Tampa's still run differential still huge. I still expect them to make a rebound and. I I, you know, I tweeted this to, to, to our bud, Jason Collette. To me, Tampa plays such a heady game. I wonder if they go through more mental exhaustion than other teams. I know everybody, it's grading on everybody. But I wonder if because that's such an element of their game that they just go through a phase where they're just not focusing. They're, they, when they lose focus, it's a huge, it's a bigger drop. Than if other teams lose, but I mean, last night was the Gunnar Henderson did to them what Tampa does to most teams. Watch the left fielder lackadaisically throw it in after a double, which became a triple because Henderson was aware that they usually lollipops the ball in and never stopped. Mm-hmm. And he kept yeah, that was here. pretty bad by Rosarena. Right, is that's usually yeah. what Tampa does to other teams. Yeah. You know, they're usually playing the really strong fundamental ball. Yeah. And yeah. Rosarena has that rep of just kind of flipping the ball in to be safe or whatever. And Henderson knew it and took advantage mm-hmm. and went into third. I don't want to say uncontested, but it really wasn't close. True, true. Um, yeah, that was kind of. That looked a bad look on a Rosarena's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Matt Mervis picked up for a buck. Luis Medina, I had a bid in on him, but as I mentioned last week, I spent my last 10 on uh, Trevor Story, so I have zero dollar bids from here on out. Thank goodness for zero dollar bids in this league. Uh, but yeah, Medina's kind of starting to show some flashes. So if he could pitch about. against the Red Sox every game, he'd be a Cy Young winner. <laughs> Yeah, I, I wrote a piece this week, or it, it's not up yet. It'll be up by tomorrow. Medina doesn't qualify, but it's this idea in that uh, I wrote about a bunch of pitchers that were terrible in April, but have been really good since. And this isn't just, you know, first impressions. You know, don't, you know, you have one chance to make a first impression. There is a, a cognitive bias where what we see first is what we remember the most. Yeah, totally. And we have to overcome this. And Medina was terrible early. Mm-hmm. And like you say, if you didn't watch those games, you that's not already in your head. But if you saw him stink it up early, you kind of write him off. Mm-hmm. But you can't. And yeah. we wrote off Kyle Bradish is in the article. Michael Lorenzen's in the article. Brian uh, Bale? Did he Brian Bale's in the article. Michael yeah. Walker's in the article. I also talked about Musgrove and Snell. They're, you're not going to get them cheap in a trade. Oh, I don't believe in them. But they they, they were terrible early and have, and have rebounded. So uh, the piece will be up uh, probably tomorrow. I have it halfway written now. But um, th- th- that reminded me with, with um, uh, Medina in that if you saw his first couple starts, you probably, you know, he's out of sight, out of mind. And you're not realizing how well he's looked lately. Yeah, noticing and keeping up on trends and performance is so important because yeah, yeah. yeah, that's you're right that that initial performance gets stuck in your head and can really yeah throw you off and, and inhibit you in this game. Uh, Mike Talkman for a buck, Johan Rojas, rookie for the Phillies, uh, playing a little bit, although back on the bench recently. Uh, Carlos Hernandez, these are all zero dollar ads now, by the way. Uh, Hector Neris. Cade Marlowe. I picked up Trey Mancini just because I needed a first baseman um, for Miguel Rojas. I did not drop Miguel Rojas because he's been on fire in the minors, but uh, or not Miguel Rojas, uh, Miguel Vargas. Right. Miguel Vargas. Dodgers. Yeah. Um, But I just needed somebody, and Trey Mancini is a body. He's been playing more lately. Yeah. Well, now the Mervis pick. Um, you know, says that maybe maybe Mancini's playing time is fleeting, mm-hmm. but 
right now, this yeah. week, it's Mancini. Yeah, if I need to swap in a, I don't know, a G-Man Choi or a Gavin Sheets next week, I'll, I'll do it, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, Nick Madrigal, $0 ad. Colt Keith, Austin Slater, Andy Rodriguez, catcher up for the Pirates. Uh, Heston Kierstad was stashed there by uh, one of the good players in the league. Uh, Yover P- uh, Pagaro. Another shortstop or another Pittsburgh prospect getting looked. Then I picked up Ross Stripling. Kind of surprised I got him for zero because of how well he's been pitching. Um, it has been capped even recently around you know seventy to eighty pitches, but uh, Stripling has been pitching well and had a really nice season last year. Another has, guy that you got to kind of keep up with and see, see his recent performance. Yeah, and he's he's it, this is his mo is to go from relief to starting and slowly get built up to be a general, a conventional starter. So maybe he's either there or one start away from being there at Detroit next week too. So that's he, a nice uh, fantasy. Yeah. He finally went deep enough to qualify. And I think those outing before that, he fell just one out short. So, uh, no, no lock to go five, but he at least is built up now deep enough or uh, stretched yeah. out enough to go five if he's yeah. pitching well. Yeah. Um, and then finally, last pickup in the stake league. Uh, who was it? Who's Mr. Irrelevant? Uh, Giovanni Gallegos. And that actually may not be totally irrelevant because it sounds like Aaron uh, Jordan Hicks is probably going to get traded. But, I mean, Gallegos could be dealt too. Yeah, no, for sure. I kind of think Ryan Helsley will come back because Helsley's not, you know, arb eligible. I don't think until 2025. So he's kind of the guy that I kind of think will come back and close health provided for uh, Ryan Helsley. But they have they have some good arms there. Chris Stratton's been pitching really well too. Um, it's about the only bright spot for that Cardinals team. That well, they've been playing better lately. Yeah, they have. Do you think? He, they're completely toast. I mean, sounds like they're dead set on selling, but that division uh, is I mean, not very good. They had won like five five games. Well, they lost the first game after. Well, they won two games going into the break. Mm-hmm. Then they lost the first game after. Then they they won off like they, they strung up like five in a row. Do they have enough to really make them run and compete? You know, of course, they have the history of having done it. But I still think that pitching is suspect. And now, you know, talk about what have you done for me lately? Flaherty is pitching pretty well. So maybe that's all. Maybe, maybe if they figure they can go out and get one more Jordan Montgomery type, they can stay in it. Um, I don't know, though. I don't know. But is there, yeah, well, the Braves. But, I mean, is there a team that you're really afraid of? You know, oh, let's not go for it because there's no way we'll beat blank. I don't think you mm-hmm. can say that in the American League. You know, well, in the National League, the Braves are, are, are tough. Mm-hmm. Well, you're right that the Cardinals have been playing well lately. I didn't realize they're eight and two in their last ten. Yeah, they're ten games back right now. I know John Mozeliak kind of said, you know, we will trade people, but um, you know, they continue to play well over the next week plus. Maybe they reverse course. I mean, they still will trade people, but maybe they uh, do more of a reshuffling rather than a. Terrible. Maybe, yeah, it'll be interesting. It's, Tyler uh, Neal may be gone. And you know what, though? We're not, you know, it's no longer, oh, we've got three, We it's 10 days. I mean, it's getting close. Mm-hmm. There are going to be some deals this week. Yeah, no kidding. Should be fun. It's going to be a wild time. The The league could look quite a bit different in, the, in 10 days from now. could be a significant shakeup. Well, any other, you know, fab names on your mind? Christian Encarnacion Strand was already rostered here. So he's definitely a guy to keep in mind if uh, if he's still out there. Yeah, no, I've been looking. I've been using all our, our lineup tools where, you know, new player, new playing time a lot. So uh, check out the recent playing time shifts and uh, batting order shifts on the site. I mean, it's changing daily. To, you know, by time Sunday rolls around, there'll be a couple more names that pop up. And you know who's a hot pickup on CBS, and I can't believe the season he's having. Chaz McCormick. 
Yeah. 12, 12 homers, 10 steals, and a 286 average. It's uh, only 57 games, too. It's pretty shocking to me. So, does not uh, look bad as your fourth or fifth outfielder, huh? Yeah, man. That's one where if, you know, I was slow to realize just how good he's been. And if he's still out there, I mean, yeah, I would. Uh, I granted, I don't have a lot of fab money remaining, but if I did, I'd kind of get aggressive because uh, mm-hmm. that power speed playing time is really nice. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we'll move on to Rival Fantasy. Let me first tell you a little bit about our friends over at Rival. Rival Fantasy is the fantasy platform reinventing the way daily and weekly games are played, and they've brought new games to the ballpark this year that fantasy players won't find anywhere else. Rival Fantasy's games include Fantasy Bingo, Head-to-Head Player Challenges, and Fantasy Book, where users can select over-unders for two to five players. With games like this, Daily Fantasy has never been better. Right now, RotoWire listeners can get a $50 protected first play. That means if you win your first play, you keep your winnings. But if you lose your first entry, Rival Fantasy will fully refund you up to 50 bucks. Go to play.rivalfantasy.com slash signup. And use code Rotowire MLB at sign up and deposit a minimum of $25 to get your first entry on Rival protected up to $50. Now's the time to step up to the plate and become a rival today. Welcome to the arena. Todd, last week we had a bunch of weather concerns to navigate. Less this week, but um, the one with the Yankees in Kansas City kind of it seems like the game that is most under threat of rain. Mm-hmm. Our, our weather guy, Peter Jizik, says it will likely be delayed. So uh, that kind of scares me off of uh, some of those players in that game. So um, that's one I was eyeing up. But, you know, to potentially use Clark Schmidt because Casey is just so bad. But I think I'm going to stray away given given the weather. Now, it's – we're looking for Schmidt to do well. This could be a situation to take the under on some yeah, players. Um, but, I mean, you, that, that that's kind of more that the game starts and doesn't finish and, and ends early. And now with suspended games, they make them up, et cetera. So I don't know that we really can get too cute as far as that goes. But I agree. And Schmidt made my article as far as uh, pitchers who started out poorly but have since done really well. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, no, I, I don't mean to steal one of your picks. Let me see if you did pick this one. Um, I don't know. Oh, yeah, you did. Um, the over on Joe Ryan. I mean, good grief. The Twins yeah. are favored here, minus 155 at home. Uh, Lance Lynn's on the other side. I mean, over under eight runs. Joe Ryan – I mean, he had that one bad outing, and I guess he's, you know, he's had a couple stinkers lately, but you know, he had that one where he gave up five homers. But aside from that, I mean, um, and he's kind of the, the opposite of what we were talking about. He's pitching so well, and then you don't really realize yeah, he's yeah. had some stumbles lately. But I still, I mean, this over-under at 15.74, I'm, I'm with you on this one. Yeah, and I, I like that, I, and I also – you mentioned he's facing Lance Lynn and the, you know, the over-under is eight. I like Lance Lynn over 15.57. So you like uh, both guys. I actually like both. Now that means that not, you know, one of them has to do this without getting the win or neither get the win, but 15, you know, 15 and change means you, you know, you go five to six innings to get five to six strikeouts without too many runs being allowed. Mm-hmm. So I actually do like both. Now, as I kind of mentioned my little private note to you, this is kind of be my for fun bet, uh, my for fun try where I don't my wager my 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 it's not as high as what I'll talk about in a moment, but it's still fun and uh, it won't be my main play. It'll be kind of a secondary play. Well, who? Uh, what's another pick you like on the rifle fantasy? I I can't see Freddie Peralta hitting nineteen against the Braves. Yeah, that seems pretty high. I mean, yeah, that's that that especially given I, his struggles this year. Yeah, I I think that's excessive, and maybe this is a bit of a homer pick and hoping the Red Sox uh, get the offense going again. But I think I think there's enough 
variability, inconsistency with Cody Senga, that 19 is a tough number for him to reach. Hmm. Yeah, he's been pitching really well, so I'm kind of yeah, hesitant to go that route. I, well, I was too, which is why maybe it's a little bit of a heart more than head pick. But Boston doesn't strike out much, and Senga gets points on strikeouts. So I may, you know what, I may actually flip him out and I may move Joe Ryan into my main, um, into my main set, and we play Senga, and mm-hmm. put Senga with uh, Lance Lynn as my for fun set. Maybe I'll do that. I will say the over under for that Mets Red Sox game is nine and a half, which seems kind of high to me. But uh, hmm. uh, uh, who's Cutter uh, Crawford? Cutter Crawford. It was just they just flipped it with with with, with Crawford. I packed mm. To give Paxton an extra day's rest, yeah, you know what, cut across that—that that is a tough one. It's going to be warm and humid, which helps hitting in, in Fenway. I don't know where the wind, which way the wind will be blowing. Right now, my fan is blowing out, so um, actually, my fan is oscillating. So mm. my, it, I, I have swirling winds in uh, where I am, but Fenway Park will be a little different. Now, hitting, hitting again. This is more for fun, but uh, taking Mookie bets platoon edge over Andrew Heaney. I like Heaney as a pitcher, but um, I like Tim Heaney more, but I like him. I like Andrew Heaney as a pitcher. And Hey, whatever. I'll go with one of your reds. Uh, I'll go with Matt McClain again, platoon advantage over Tommy Henry. So, I'll, you know, it's, it's fun. It's fun rooting for the over with hitters. Cause when you see the rough, you can put them on and watch the at bat. It's not so fun when they strike out. But it, it it makes the night a little more enjoyable. Yeah. Speaking of the Reds, we talk a lot about those young hitters, but what about Andrew Abbott? I mean, wow, he's looking like a legitimate frontline starter for them. Yeah, and you can no well, you can I can no longer uh, knock the strikeouts. I mean, he it's it, he's not dominant, but the strikeouts have now gotten to the point where. You know what's what's enough to be dangerous? Is that the silly expression? He yeah. has had a couple of double-digit strikeout games, and one game recently against Milwaukee was a bit disappointing. But he's about a K in inning, and really, that's fine. You know that that's yeah. I'm not I don't love it, but I'm not as concerned as I am about those that have whatever sixty strikeouts and seventy nine innings or something like that, where they're more susceptible to a, a rough outing just, you know, to get Babbitt, if you will. Well, Andrew Abbott's been a revelation. I'm going to go against my Reds here tonight on Rival. Ben Lively, it's not like the over-under is super high. It's only 14.35 points at home against Arizona, but Great American Small Park, the over-under is 10.5 runs here. So while the Reds are slightly favored, I mean, a lot of runs expected and uh, Lively did have some cramping in his last start and just generally has been kind of walking a really fine line with his performance. He's been pitching okay, but. Uh, yeah. So you hope they get to him early. You it hope they get to him early. Yeah. Could come crumbling down for Ben Lively tonight. So. Well, so what you want to do is you want to go, if you, to play rival, you, you take the under on Lively mm-hmm. and then you just hope that that offense does the job against a suspect Arizona bullpen. Yeah, I mean, that's that would be just fine. Yeah, I could hope for a late rally. The Reds have been uh, – they Oh, they've the, been known. The rally Reds, so, yeah, that could happen. So, yeah, my two official picks are going to be the over on Joe Ryan and uh, under on Ben Lively. So right. I kind of wish I could take Gavin Williams, but I'm not seeing him on the board. So, um, Any other rival picks, or did you mention all yours? No, we're done. Yeah, I uh, haven't had – you know, I've had – I'm now down to mixed luck. I had a nice run, then I was – now I'm kind of, you know, we're probably – you know, win one, lose one, kind of where you should be. So I just have to hope the one I win uh, has the higher return than the one I lose, then I'm still plus. True, true. Well, we'll get to our two-star pitchers for next week here momentarily. Let me first bring you a word from uh, the people over at Home Run Index. Appreciate their sponsorship. We know the weather can impact how far a ball can fly, but we never know what all that heat and humidity or cold air is really doing to the ball. 
The home run forecast index gives us an easy way to determine how good or bad the air is for ball flight. The index is calculated by measuring stadium-specific weather conditions and is displayed on a scale from 1 to 10, 1 being the most unfavorable for good ball flight and 10 indicating the most favorable air. There's a strong correlation between the index and the number of runs scored per game and the number of home runs hit. Games that have the highest index, 10 for the whole game, average over 10 runs and 2.8 homers over the course of the year. An index is created for each game, so you can see what it will be in any stadium and how the weather's influence might change over the course of the game, as well as the wind direction. Right now, you can get access to the HRF Premium site for only $5 a month and see what the index will look like for every hour of every game. Go to Home Run Forecast dot com now to sign up and we appreciate them uh sponsoring the program here and todd we will now move on to the two star pitchers for next week uh the week of july 24th so almost into august now let me get the two star pitchers up you of course can follow along with us hover over lineups at rotowire click probable pitchers customize grid we'll customize it to start on July 24th, and uh, sounds like a little bit of a lighter two-star pitcher slate. I will keep our grades here in a Google Sheet so we can recap them at the end. Ryan Nelson really did well against Atlanta. That's uh, at Atlanta, too. Kind of passed that test. Did allow two homers, but was really only runs allowed. So versus St. Louis versus Seattle for Ryan Nelson, two at home. I'm going to give him a one. Maybe he's deserving of a two, but can't put too much stock into that last outing, given that he served up a couple long balls. I still have him as a zero. Um, yeah. I'm wondering. I mean, I will take a look when I post him to see if he's worthy of a one, but I I still have him as a zero. Okay. I could see that. I mean, you're, you're kind of getting desperate, but that is the case in some leagues. Um all right, moving on. No two-star pitchers for Atlanta because they have two off days. Uh, Dean Kramer for the Orioles. First place Orioles, Kramer's t- won 10 games. This is a 480 ERA at Philly versus the Yankees. Look at uh, what Dean Kramer has been doing. He has he had a 10 strikeout outing, then an 8 strikeout outing, but then only one in his second start after the break, so. Uh, pretty inconsistent in terms of performance for Dean Kramer. I'll, I think I'll give him a one, two. Um, mm-hmm. yep. Like him more than Ryan Nelson. I do have him as a one. Okay. Well, if, if nothing else, not that Nelson doesn't have a chance to win games, but if nothing else, with with that Canel Bautista uh, bullpen, you know, Kramer's going to pick up some wins. Mm-hmm. True, true. I mean, All doesn't right. he pitch for the team with the best record in baseball? Wow. Yeah. That's I amazing. can't believe I just said that. Yeah, getting to throw to Rutschman is uh, a nice perk, I think. <laughs> it helps these guys. Uh, Brian Bayo, Red Sox have two off days next week as well, but we tentatively have Bayo plugged in for two versus Atlanta at San Francisco. But the way he's been pitching, hmm. Did have a little bit of a setback recently in Oakland, which is like the last place you expect it to happen. But let's see. Since the start of June, he has a 3370 RA 103 whip. K's are not all that oppressive. Yeah. Um I'm gonna turn this over to you first. What do you say on Bayo? I've got him ranked as a three. In my head, I'm thinking four. So I'm gonna have to think about that a little bit. Um, you know, we should also mention with the Red Sox, they, they've been using uh, two openers in their yeah. five-man rotation. In front of and, Pavetta. At the last yeah. Year. So we're kind of assuming that maybe Pavetta stays in in the second, you know, whenever it might be, uh, whoever fills in that role in the second one gets skipped in five games. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is tentative. But, I mean, listen, you're not using Bayo. Because he has two starts. You're using Bayo, and if it ends up with two starts, you're happy. Yeah, I think that's the way to put it. I'm going to go three, but 
I'm starting him pretty much regardless. I yeah. Mean, I'm starting him hoping to get that second one. What about Kyle Hendricks at the White Sox at St. Louis? Uh, we've been highly skeptical of Hendricks, but he just keeps pitching well. Um, all right. At the White Sox at St. Louis. I think I'll go three. I mean, I, I got to give him credit for what he's done lately. Uh, I, I mean, he hasn't. He's, I'm giving him a one. I don't think the skills are still not there. Mm-hmm. And I know there's Guile and he's pitched for years and, you know, maybe he's overcoming the lack of skills, but usually that catches up to you. And when you've got two, that's going to catch up to you once. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, I mean, this, five, five, he, he's gotten five strikeouts the last five games, four games, exactly five. And uh, a little less than one in inning. It's, eh, it's better than I thought. I'm still going to go one. Okay, I'll, I'll go three, but uh, I got you down as a one on Hendricks. Yeah. Graham Ashcraft, he's now turned in four straight quality starts. Yep, yep, yep. He got away from the ground ball and really struggled for a while, but now he's kind of found those ground ball ways again. Still volatile given, you know, he doesn't really miss a ton of bats, but at Milwaukee I like, then at the Dodgers far less so. Um I'm going to put him a notch below Bayo and Hendricks. Uh, what say you on Graham Ash? I'm still I, – I like what we, what I've seen. Like mm-hmm. you said, the past four starts. It's just not enough to go higher than one when the Dodgers are one of the opponents. Yeah, that is – that's going to be tough. Um, okay, I got a two, but I got you as a one on Graham yeah, Ash. No, and I can – in my – again, I may – I may if I need lightning in a bottle – you go with it. And I also should mention that I'm using, I've actually ran the numbers, but I haven't updated the statistics yet, which it may not be capturing his last start. So it may, Ashcraft and some of these others that pitch well lately may end up to be a little higher. Aaron Savali lines up for two for Cleveland, although, man, he could be uh, traded by the time that second one rolls around. That second one would be uh, July 29th, so... Not at the very edge of the deadline, but up, up pretty close against it. Sounds like he's a trade candidate, Aaron Savali. Um, given how well he's pitched, though, and it's versus KC at the White Sox, I'm not going to go five. I think I'm going to go four on Savali, just hoping yeah. that he doesn't get traded before that second. Wasn't a week or two ago we, he was like our under on uh, on under on on rival. <laughs> yeah, we were like, but he's pitched pretty well. I'm going to go four as well. Yeah, and then Peyton Battenfield we have in there. I'm going to go zero there. Yeah, really. and that, that's just a, a best. Now, we say that, but as you know, these guys are making very educated guesses. Oh, yeah. And they're right a lot of the time. Yeah, our guy Adam Wolf had Quinn Priester plugged in there long before the Pirates confirmed <laughs> it, and uh, yeah. good on him for seeing that comment. Um, all right, Austin Gomber. You know, he had a stretch where he was pitching okay, and then he gave up four against Houston. Still hasn't been that bad lately, but it is Austin Gomber, and I assume he's at home. I mean, Teb. I get him for one, right. so there must have been an update since I ran the numbers. Uh, I got him at Washington versus Oakland. Ooh, that, that, that brings him into the one range. Yeah. Even though that – Second one is at home, I, I guess, since it's against Oakland. I will go one on Gomber. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's – again, this is all tentative, but that's how we have the grid right now. And then Tuki Toussaint for the White Sox. Uh, winless. He did go six his last time, but the control, yeah. man. I was going to say, yeah, he's he stretched out. I don't, I don't like it. A lot it. of uh, – a lot of fours in the the walk column in this game yeah. log. So I'm going to go – yeah, I think I'm going to go zero. I'm going zero as well. I mean, I, mean, I can't even talk myself into a one. I'm going zero. Erod, Eduardo Rodriguez, he of a 2.69 ERA. He's home against San Francisco, then at Miami. Really been pitching well when healthy, so um, – Mm. Tempted to go four here. I think I think Erod's probably a four. 
I'm tempted to go five. Yeah. I know you I'm, like to I, keep those special, I think, though. I do. But when there's only four games, games on Thursday, I'm giving him I'm giving him a five. Okay. I think he has enough of a – I know it's shaky, but I think he has enough of a history that I think a five is justified. Nice. Okay. And then what about his teammate, Michael Lorenzen, uh, all-star this year? Uh, good for him. Versus the Angels at Miami. So his two steps a little different. Yeah. Uh, the first leg of it anyway. And then, um, yeah, so versus the Angels at Miami. Pitching well, strikeouts are down. Yeah, I'm kind of yeah. thinking three probably, but I'm gonna go. Five, but. I'm gonna go four. Okay. Um, that might be trusting the guile a little too much, mm-hmm. but it also has to do with there's just not a lot of two start pitchers that are appearing higher in the rankings, so it's 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 skewing. In another week, this would be a three. You know, mm-hmm. it's with you. I, my, I, the way I do it, they're ranked relative to this week, relative mm-hmm. to the season. It's probably a three relative to this week. I, I have it a four. Well, good on you. If you had the foresight to start Brandon Belak in Colorado, huh. uh, well, one both, hit both of you who forgot to take him out of your lineup. Yeah. One hit over five and two-thirds scoreless innings. Did walk three, but, um, man, that's a hell of a start in Colorado. Toronto's, uh, Colorado's terrible. Oh, they're so bad. That outfield's huge, but even even then, yeah, that yeah. team is just brutal. Um, so, Belak's going to be home for two versus Texas versus Tampa Bay. Almost feels like a little bit of a trap coming off that good Colorado start. I think I'm going to go two. Well, well, it's definitely a trap then because I'm going one. Yeah. And I actually have him on a couple teams. So I'm kind of rooting, you know, like, whoa, he ain't pitched well. I got to use him now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm I'm going one. Ryan Yarbrough at Cleveland versus Minnesota. I'm still going to go zero. It is the Royals after all. Yeah, no. Um, well, actually, I have him ranked higher than that. But, uh man. I one. will. I'm going to go one. Oh, okay. I don't. I, I. I would probably be very skeptical myself. You know, I need to check how many innings I'm projecting to th- for him to throw. Because mm-hmm. I, you know, I can see throwing four as easily as I can over five. Well, the Angels they got six games next week, but uh, we're expecting Sil Seth to remain in there. Uh, after his gem, so no two-star pitchers for them. And with that, let's take a real quick pause. So to our Blue Wire sponsors, we'll be right back with you on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. 
Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. All right, we are now back on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Clay Link and Todd Zola of rotowire.com. Uh, making our way through a relatively light uh, two-star pitcher group for next week. Michael Grove for the Dodgers. He's lined up for two right now. Um, pitched well at Baltimore. And, you know, through some stumbles, it seems like the Dodgers really kind of had his back and given him time to work through some things here. Now, I thought, is Kershaw coming back soon? He's got to be coming back. I think we have him coming back over the weekend. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, Through a bullpen session earlier this week. Probably not going to make a rehab start. So, okay. We'll see when, when Kershaw's back. But, yeah, Michael Grove, would you would you roll the dice here versus Toronto versus Cincinnati? No. Zero? No, I'm going to miss a zero. Those Reds, go man, that's a juggernaut. They've been brutal offensively <laughs> since the break. I'm glad I didn't bet on them in Vegas. That would have uh, been poor timing. Because, and I didn't bet on them because it felt like their pitching was just a house of cards, I, they, hanging on by a thread. They ran into a, you know, it's it's it, they're going to be fine. They ran into those Brewers. Those again, Brewers, yeah. Those damn Brewers. Um, I'm going to give Grove a one, but I, okay. I totally see where you're coming from. I. I just I could see myself having him on a waterfall this weekend. Yep. Um, no two star pitchers for the Miami Marlins because I got two off days, and then Colin Ray for the Brewers. He's got to face the Reds at home, then at Atlanta. At Atlanta takes him off the board for me. He's a zero. Yeah, I agree. Next up, Kenta Maeda. He's got a five one zero ERA, but. I still feel like he's better than that. Did have nine strikeouts his last time out. So he's got a couple nine K outings recently. Twenty four to five K to walk over his last three starts. Uh, Didn't he have one just terrible outing? Yeah, he had one ten run outing, and so that yeah, that's gonna do. That's gonna do. That's gonna leave a mark. Yeah, that ten run outing accounts for you know almost half of his earned runs on the year. Ten of twenty four. Yeah. So yeah, that one really skews things. Let me double check the uh, versus Seattle at Casey with the strikeouts trending upward. I, I think I'm going to give my eight of three. I'm tempted to go four, actually. I'm tempted to go five. I think I'm going to go four, but okay. I'm going since going he's five? come back. Yeah, since yeah. he's come back, that that terrible outing was against the Yankees and he went on the IL in his five starts since coming back 273 ERA, 103 whip supported. With 36 strikeouts and 26 in the third innings, mm-hmm. and only two homers, so he's he's been fantastic in the five starts since he's come back. And I don't know if you can ask for two. You know, the, the Mariners' offense is nothing, and now that they lost Kellenic, well, I don't even know if that's a bad thing for their offense. <laughs> and KC, those are just two great matchups. So I got my eight as a five. Well, okay, I could. I see where you're coming from, especially with the way he's pitched lately. I'm going to stay four. Okay. Just because uh, it's you know, a little bit of trepidation still, but he has been pitching really well. What about Justin Verlander at the Yankees versus the Nats? We talked about how his Ks were, you know, lagging behind. He didn't come out and strike out seven his last time out, but that was his most in a start since June 2nd. And, uh, yeah, just the Ks have been – Kind of disappointing this year for for uh, well they've for been disappointing for a few years yeah that's true they're actually kind of rebounding a little bit yeah I guess um, you're... I think I'm I gonna am... go with a 
four here too. Uh, I have him in the one. I have him in the five range. I don't know if I'm going to stick with it. Um, I'm going to call it a four, but I think I can see him going on a bit of a roll the rest of the season. You know, I'm going to go five just because thinking about it, I don't know how if you drafted Verlander or if you traded for him at some point you could sit him. I mean, you know, I, you know what? The Yankees, you, you can't get you can't get nervous about at the Yankees. Yeah, I have right him now. Ranked, I have him ranked 15th overall. That's a five. So you're right. Five it is for, for the man. Yeah, I kind of struggle with that because he isn't as dominant as he used to be, but he, he's a five with these matchups. Uh, no two-star pitchers for the Yankees, and same deal with the uh, Oakland A's. They both have two off days. So uh, next up would be Christopher Sanchez for the Phillies versus Baltimore at Pitt. The young lefty has been you know, pretty impressive on the whole. Yeah. Um, the K's were down a little bit in his last outing, but yeah, routinely going five plus, and the Phillies kind of need him. So versus Baltimore at Pitt, I think I'll go two. Yeah, I think two is fair. Two feels right. Yeah, I think two is fair. Feel three would seem a little high. Now, Quinn Priester, who I mentioned kind of in passing, he didn't have a great debut, gave up seven runs, including you know a couple homers. But he is a highly touted prospect. Numbers at AAA weren't great either, but you know, he's he's pretty well touted for his you know four-pitch mix, his athleticism. 23 years old. Uh at San Diego versus Philly, tentatively. I think I'll go one because maybe I could see, you know, hey, let's take a shot. I'm, I'm in eighth place or something. Um, yeah, there's, I would say there's a reason you're in eighth place. It's for using guys like Quinn Reister, <laughs> Priester. Um, I'm going to go zero. Uh, and it, sometimes sometimes you have to be willing to be wrong. Now, of course, mm-hmm. I've been – I've had to be willing to be wrong a lot lately. But um, I, I, I need to see it. I mean – just wasn't mm-hmm. that good in his debut, and he wasn't all that great heading in, you know, on the minors heading in. Yeah, that's fair. I did pick him up in the Towers head-to-head league where I'll be trotting him out, trying to win out and maybe make the playoffs in that league. It's, uh, there you go. it's a long shot, but I'm now 6-9, and nine, so yeah. Towers head-to-head is uh, the bane of my existence in recent years. Love it, but uh, hard hard league to win with the competition there. Okay, you Darvish is going to be a five, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, no reason to dig much into that one. Uh, next up, Luis Castillo. He's kind of had some bad luck in terms of wins, uh, but still has been pitching excellent. So you know, maybe he's been bit by the long ball a little bit here and there. He can leave a fastball or a change in the wrong spot occasionally, but I think he's a five. Yep, I do too. Yeah, Castillo's all the man. All right, next up, uh, Ross Stripling, who I mentioned, I picked up. Now, in traditional leagues, Monday through Sunday, would you start him at Detroit versus Boston? Oh, wow. Um, I wish we could know which Boston lineup will show up. Because, you know, they, they, they are, you know, maybe because I watch them so much, but, you know... I don't know if there's any – either they're on or they're not. There's no in-between. I've got Stripling as a, as a one, so I guess I will go with the, I will go with a one. Yeah, I'm going to go with a one, too. Um, again, he's no lock to go five-plus, but he did – he did get there. He get, got to six his last time out. On only 76 pitches, so probably don't expect much more than like 80 pitches. Probably fall in the 70s, uh, well, maybe again early next week. But if he's efficient like he was recently, he could qualify for the win. Dakota Hudson, Stephen Matz for the uh, St. Louis Cardinals. Hudson... Went three innings his last time out, so given the lack of Ks, he's not stretched out. Hudson's an easy zero for me. Uh, yep. 
Max, though, would you consider him? I know uh, I think I, last week or the week before you were just hard out on Max. Yeah, I think I was going to say he may even be an easier zero. And I know he had at least one nice nice outing since then, but I just I haven't seen it. I haven't seen enough yeah. from Max to uh, get his first win of the season. Finally. Woo! All right. He's one and seven. So off the schneid, as our uh, headline says. Yeah, I'll go zero on both of these guys, too. Um, I think I gave Matt a one prior, and even though he did get a win, I just I can't go that. I can't give him a one this time. Uh, Tyler Glass now versus Miami at Houston. Doesn't have to go to Houston, but I still think Glass now is probably a five. Yeah, I just noticed our um, where 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 where's all our our all three of our normal fans that are in the chat. Well, you know what I heard. Um, well, they're they're pivoting to the football on the YouTube. So it, the YouTube stream oh. uh, next, I guess. So. All right, sorry, we can't we can't have Uncle Ted tell us that some arbitrary kid's going to do great this week. Okay, <laughs> he'll probably find a way to, to track us down. Uh, Nathan Eovaldi at Houston at San Diego. I mean, he's been one of the most valuable pitchers in all of baseball this season. So I, I don't know how I can give him less than a five. Nope. I agree. And then Jose Barrios. I'm glad that we have fewer two-star pitchers this week. It, we've been <laughs> uh, flooded with them in recent weeks. So Jose Barrios at the Dodgers at the Angels. A little L.A. two-step there for Barrios. Uh, man, that's pretty tough. I think I'll go two. I'm back to trusting him again. I'm back to a four. Wow, okay. Hard for me to feel great trotting him out uh, against the Dodgers, but the way he's pitched, you know, it's not a total uh, – doesn't feel like you're playing with fire as much. When he you didn't He didn't make my article because he had – his ERA in April is like 4.7, and I was looking for over five. But since then, he's been much, much better. Good to point out for sure. Uh, Patrick Corbin, Trevor Williams, easy zeros, right? Yep. Okay, so let me get these logs, and we'll recap a lighter two-star week, the two-star pitchers for the week of July 24th. Let's keep uh, grinding here, folks, and claw our way up these standings. Ryan Nelson, I say one, Todd, zero. Dean Kramer, one. Brian Bayo, three. Kyle Hendricks, I say three, Todd, only one. Graham Ashcraft, I say two, Todd, one. Aaron Savali, four. Peyton Battenfield, zero. Austin Gomber, one. Tuki Toussaint, zero. Eduardo Rodriguez, I say four, Todd, five. Michael Lorenzen, I say three, Todd, four. Uh, Brandon Belag, I say two, Todd, only one. Ryan Yarbrough, I say zero, Todd, one. Michael Grove, I say one, Todd, zero. Colin Ray, zero. Kenta Maeda, I say four, Todd, five. Justin Verlander, five. Christopher Sanchez, two. Quinn Priester, I say one, Todd, zero. Hugh Darvish, five. Luis Castillo, five. Ross Stripling, one. Dakota Hudson, zero. Steven Matz, zero. Tyler Glass, now five. Nathan Eovaldi, five. Jose Barrios, I say two. Todd, four. Patrick Corbin, zero. Trevor Williams, zero. Made it through those uh, pretty quick this week, Todd. I think uh, we can get out of here a little early on this Friday. How are you? uh, Anything else on your mind today? No, well, once we're done, I'm going to post our tout table which was a request by one of the board members. I don't remember which it was. It may have been Ron, Ron Chandler, uh, wanting to know what people we, – we talk a lot about how to make up points, but we don't talk a lot about what to do when you're in the lead. Mm-hmm. So that's what this one's all about. And, all right, a lot of people said I'd do nothing different. Okay, maybe not. But there are some people that have some ideas about – how to approach managing your team with a lead. All right, a few a few of them said, what's a lead? But 
Well, you know, so, okay. It's yeah, I was going to say, I don't know if I can weigh in because I'm not really leading things <laughs> this year. Uh, um, but when I was in, I think Justin Mason asked me that when I won TGFBI, and I, I really didn't do anything different. I just kept putting my best lineup forward and hoping nobody caught me. That was mostly well, it. And I, I had the experience I had in TGFBI, you know, everybody wants to know, did you manage for the overall? Do you manage? It's like if you are fortunate enough to be winning an overall competition, mm-hmm. It's uh, yes, you did a really good draft and you made some good pickups. I mean, everything is falling your way. Totally, you know, you, it's just it, it's managing itself. You yeah, know, everything's breaking right. Yeah. yeah. So uh, to me, it's some of the leagues where where the grind, you know, where you have to grind away that all these little tips. When I mean the, the TJFBI, I could have fallen asleep for the final three weeks. I mean, all right, I'm nervous. I'm I'm not accepting congratulations until it's over. But it was just one of those things where, you know, everything went right. And I'm not, I'm not used to that. I'm, I'm, I'm paranoid, but anyway, uh, it hasn't gone right since. Um, so anyway, so this, that'll, that will be up. I, I alluded to the, the, uh, been a while. I'll have the Z files up. It's been a while since I posted one. I'll have the Z files up, uh, hopefully tomorrow morning. And, um, yeah, we'll just, uh, we'll go from there and, you know, keep surviving the heat, and before you know it, we'll be talking about a trade deadline. Yeah, let's just keep surviving and maintaining and uh, putting our best foot forward. And thank you for all you do for the site and for this podcast, Todd. And thank you all for for listening. I hope you'll continue to stick around, even as you know, some people maybe fall out of it and shift their focus to fantasy football. We'll still be here uh, helping you with fantasy baseball all throughout the season. So hope you'll stick around. Have a great weekend and talk soon on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast.